0: Shall we kneel before the throne of grace as we come before the Lord? Gracious heavenly father, once again, we come before your throne of grace this evening with humbled knees. Father, we realize that we are weak and frail and made of dust. But Lord, we wait for you right now to breathe the breath of life into us. And that the power of your Holy Spirit will be here this evening to move our hearts and minds. To give us a better understanding on how we can take care of these wonderful bodies that you have created for us. And so with that, Lord, we just want to thank you and praise you this afternoon. And we ask it all in Jesus' holy and wonderful name. Amen. Amen. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, aren't we? And um, this machinery that God has given us, we must take care of it. To get the most out of it. Not only for longevity of life, but of quality of life. So we can use it for God's service. Do you agree with that? Amen. I'd like for you to turn with me, if you will, at Revelation 16. Revelation 16. <clears throat> Revelation 16. And there's two of the, this, this is deals with the seven last plagues. And I'd like to just focus in on two here. The first two, I mean the first one and the fourth one. And as it says, I'd like to read starting at verse one and two. <clears throat> and I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, go your way and pour out your vials uh, the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. And the first went and poured out poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell noisome and grievous sores upon men. And get this, men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped the image, the image also, the beast. Now friends, it tells me something there in those first two verses that Apparently, the folks that received those plagues had a weak immune system, number one. Wouldn't you agree? Because remember, we're going to see diseases all over the world, and we're going to see people dying by the thousands. We're going to learn that in just a minute when we get into Psalms 91. And yet, it does not say, and also the God's people does it. There is a group of people that will not fall in that number. There has to be in order to have a remnant that's going to be here when Jesus comes. Because every one of these precious souls are going to perish because of the plagues. Because you see by that time the close of probation is over. But you do not see where God's people suffer. Now let's find out the reason why. Let's go to verses eight and nine and see what it has to say there. It says, And the fourth angel poured out his vial upon the sun, and power was given unto him to scorch men with fire. And And men were scorched with a great heat. And blasphemy the name of God, which had the power over these plagues. And they repented not to give him what? Now, do you remember where we had touched on that point in the past? 1 Corinthians 10. Whatsoever you eat, or whatever you eat, or whatever you drink, or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. But here was a group of men that did not want to repent and give glory to God. And so they fell prey under these plagues. Friends, it tells me that God has a health message to take us through even the plagues. And we're gonna find out tonight why. It's not just because we have pure blood. It's not just because we have a good circulation. And it's not because we're completely obedient to God. That isn't the only part. That's only per, first, uh, part of it. But you see, it is a collective working of both sides. And we're going to find that out this evening. Now, let's turn to um, um, Psalms 91. Psalms 91. Psalms 91. I love this here, Psalms 91, because it gives us so much hope to know that in those last days, we are going to have that protection, that's a promise. And we're going to find out how between our blood and the blood of Christ is going to mingle together to work out that protection for us in the last days. I'm just going to read up to verse 11. Actually, I'd like to read the whole thing. Uh, Psalms 91 is such a wonderful uh, scripture. But it says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say unto the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Friends, if we do not have any trust in the last days, we won't make it. Every step we take must be trusting in the Lord because, you see, that's where our strength is. We don't have any strength. We are frail and made of dust. We don't, have, we don't have any strength. But we're only strong in the Lord. You see, since Adam and Eve, the human body has deteriorated down through the years. Do you believe that? We are the last generation. And, friends, we need all the help we could get Believe me, we need all the help we can get. Surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. Now what is noisome pestilence? They're severe sores, aren't they? Severe sores that come all over the body. And we see that the final climatic end of most people to have AIDS, that's what they usually have is sores all over the body is a rule he will cover thee with his feathers and under his wing thou shalt trust shalt thou trust and his truth now this is a wonderful part now keep this in mind as we go through this study tonight his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler now what is a shield we know that a shield is something you hold up to uh, they used to use in battle didn't they what is a buckler well i checked that out a buckler is a, almost like a shield it's where you put it around you it fits around your chest and it snaps and buckles in the back so the fiery darts of satan cannot enter in the truth is what's going to protect you friends from those fiery darts and we're going to find out how you can do that in just a few moments Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flieth by day. Friends, there's going to be wars and rumors of wars. And you know, the United States has been blessed. We haven't had wars on our country in many, many years, except for the revolutions. But friends, I think we're going to see some. The wars that we have today are in the large cities with a lot of the gangs and a lot of the drug dealers battling back and forth. But I think we're going to see wars on our own shores, and I think that we will hear. I think we're going to see some battles yet, believe me. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth in the, in the noonday, thousands shall fall at thy side, and ten thousands at thy right, right hand. But uh, <clears throat> but it shall not come near thee. It shall not even come close to you. But friends, we're going to stand up and see the salvation of the Lord. We're going to see people dying all over from diseases. In fact, they got mutated diseases today, as we mentioned. They can't even be touched by antibiotics. And you can see that every day, every week, every year, more diseases, more viruses are coming into play. And the doctors have got so many now that they're starting to name them, I mean, number them rather than name them. And some of the medications will not even touch them. They have a new one in Africa that actually dissolves the insides of the organs within a very short period of time. Within five days. Within three to five days. I mean, this is what uh, E. coli bacteria does to children whenever they get this because what it does is kind of dissolves the organs in the body and they start bleeding in di- different areas of the mouth and the openings of their body <clears throat> it's getting it's going to be terrible we're going to be in awe friends of the things that are going on in this world and yet not one hair of your head is going to be harmed but you're going to stand there and see all this going around you i want to be ready to if i'm going to be here i want to be ready to handle that how about you only with thine eyes shalt thou see the reward of the wicked because thou hast made the Lord which is my refuge even the most high thy habitations there shall no evil befall thee neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling oh what a wonderful thought to think that Not even the plague is going to come nigh our dwelling. Now 1 Corinthians 3, 9 and 10 says this. It says that we are co laborers with God. Now it's obvious we're not going to be able to prepare ourselves by ourselves. Let me tell you friends if we think we are we're sadly mistaken. We can't do it on our own. We have to have the help of Jesus Christ. He says look I've got a plan. I'm gonna give you the plan. You follow the plan, follow my steps, and you'll make it through. And even if we taste death, friends, we'll still make it through. It'll be just like sleeping overnight and waking up in time to see Jesus coming in the clouds of heaven. What a wonderful promise. And death's sting will not be so bad. Praise the Lord. Because we have that hope to know that as soon as we close our eyes, it'll be like waking up in the morning and there we'll see him coming in the clouds of heaven. It also says that we are God's building and we are co-workers in building this building. But it says take heed. Take heed on how you build that foundation, that building. And so, you see, we must use the finest quality of materials. Aren't we worth it? We put the money into a car. We put the money into a home. Aren't we worth spending the money for our soul temple, for our bodies? Some people will starve themselves just so they can buy certain things, you know. But let me tell you, friends, you only have one time around. There's only one chance, one time. There's no second chance. And so we must take care of those bodies now. And why? Because that's where Jesus is going to be dwelling. He wants the finest materials. I want, let's turn to uh, Exodus 25. Exodus 25. Exodus 25, verses 8 and 9. This is what it says. It says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I have shown thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and after the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall ye make. You see, God gave Moses the pattern or the blueprint, if you please, on how to build the tabernacle. Now, do you suppose that uh, Moses went out and just picked up any old piece of wood or any old piece of material to build that tabernacle or that temple? He got the finest craftsmen. There were certain men that were specialized in their crafts. He got the finest materials to build that tabernacle. And why? Because the Lord said he wanted to dwell among them. Now that is synonymous with in. Among is synonymous with in. He wanted to dwell in them. And so friends, he wants to dwell in us. And so we must use the finest materials that we can possibly put our hands on. And that's why as we are approaching the final end of Earth's history, it's getting down, the path is getting narrower and narrower and narrower. As we have mentioned, everything is polluted. And so we have to take caution. We have to be label readers because it is a battlefield and Satan is out to destroy us at any point, at every opportunity he can get with disease, with sickness, with sorrows, with heartaches, with death. There was a story <clears throat> in the newspaper about um, a hurricane. In fact, many of you folks might have heard about this story, Hurricane Andrew. How many of you heard about Hurricane Andrew? It went through Florida, and uh, Hurricane Andrew was it came with a tremendous force. It started at the east side of Florida and the southern tip and went through and just destroyed, wiped out everything in its path. And after the hurricane they started there was many people that had died, many people had lost their homes. Damage of property was in the billions. The insurance companies almost went broke trying to pay off all those those uh, insurance claims, and the government, believe it or not, even felt the pinch when they had to start helping people. When that was over with, they started investigating the buildings that they had built, and they found that they used second grade lumber They found that where they should have two or three nails, they had one nail or two by fours that were nailed together when they should have been doubled and uh, and nailed together and put up. They found every bit of the material in a lot of the homes and the buildings were inferior. And those buildings, friends, did not stand. When the storm came, it swept them away like paper. What's going to happen when the events start coming upon this world? And friends, they are already coming upon the world. And as we sat here tonight, Satan is working out all of his plans with his agents tonight. Preparing our destiny. Believe me. We can see it every once in a while. There's a glimmer of it in the newspapers or in a news broadcast or whatever. Of the things that are taking place. And how the government is getting more bold and more bold and taking away more, more liberties and more liberties. Are we going to be able to submit and give it all to Jesus Christ? We need to, don't we, friends? How can we build that building to where it will stand? Let's turn to Luke 6. Luke 6. Let's look at part of the plan that God has in building the foundation and building the that building with us. Actually, He's doing the building. He has the plan. He's the master builder. We just follow the instructions. Uh, Luke, a big pardon. Luke six, verse forty. Uh, let me see here. Yeah, Luke six, verse forty-seven to forty-nine. Let's go through this and analyze this for just a moment. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Now, right off the bat, he's saying, I'm going to show you what the man is like that listens to my counsel. And I'm going to show you what the man is like that doesn't listen to my counsel. The man that listens to his counsel, it says, he is like a man which builds a house and he digs deep. Friends, we need to dig deep today in the word of God. If we're going to lay a firm foundation, we need to dig deep. We can't be surface readers and surface studiers. Do you agree to that? Remember, it's the truth that's going to be our shield and our buckler. It's the truth that's going to sanctify our life. It's the truth that's going to protect us. So we need to dig deep with earnest study and communication with God each and every day. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and the rest will be added (coughs) unto us. He dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, and that rock is Jesus Christ. And when the floods arose and the and the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. And friends, I want to tell you, there's a flood coming. And who is it that usually comes in like a flood? Satan. But where Satan comes in like a flood, the Lord raises a standard up against him. Praise the Lord for that. But he that heareth and doeth not, he is like a man without a foundation, built upon the earth. And Matthew says, built upon the sand. We all know how sand is. You pick up sand and try to hold it in your hand, it doesn't work, does it? It just kind of sieves right on through. But notice it says, against which the stream did beat vehemently. It didn't flood. It just beat violently. The stream did. It didn't even flood. It says, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. Now, I see the difference there where those that are built upon a rock, they're going to be able to withstand all the things and the events that are coming upon the world. But many of those that aren't building upon that rock and upon that foundation, upon that rock, the least little thing, friends, is going to shake them right on out. Do you agree to that? It's gonna shake them right out of the truth. We're seeing it all over the world. People are being shaken. They get discouraged, depressed, and all this. Friends, don't get discouraged. The Lord told us that all these things were going to happen. And we should look up and say, praise God, they're happening. Because that tells us that we're at the very end of Earth's history. Don't get discouraged. Be joyful and praise him for it. How on earth can we cleanse the body, temple? Build it and keep it clean. <clears throat> well, I'd like for us to turn to 2 Corinthians 7. If you would please, Second Corinthians 7. <clears throat> Let's read this. Second Corinthians seven, verse one. Excuse me. Second Corinthians, verse chapter seven, verse one. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness, filthiness of the flesh and of the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. How do we cleanse the flesh? We're going to get into how we cleanse the flesh and how do we cleanse the spirit. I want to ask you one question that will give you a key to the answer. The life of the flesh is where? in the blood, isn't it? Now if you want to cleanse the flesh, that means you have to have clean blood. And what we eat makes blood, doesn't it? Can we see the connection? Pure blood and good circulation means perfect health. Impure blood and poor circulation means poor health. What is the purpose of the blood that we have? Have you ever tried living without it? Doesn't work, does it? You don't live very long. Excuse me. The purpose of the blood is to feed every cell of your body. Every cell. If the cells do not get the proper nourishments, friends, or the proper amount of oxygen, do you know what happens to them? They die. And so when the cells start dying at a rapid pace, the aging process starts coming on very quickly. Because that's what causes aging process, the dying of the cells. So we want to eat the proper amounts of food to nourish every cell. Because what we eat is going to make that cell live a lot longer. It's going to generate more energy. So that's why we want to have the proper amounts of food, the proper amount of water, the proper amount of exercise. All these things build the immune system. I thought that was quite interesting today when um, uh, Walter Langenicker was flying back from uh, Sweden. And he asked the doctor, what, uh, what uh, drugs would you say would contribute to building up the immune system? And he, he says, there's none. But you see, the Lord has a prescription for building up the immune system. He, ha- he knows exactly what it takes for that body to survive in order for those cells to live. And friends, someday those very same cells that you have that make up your body are going to live forever. Today could be the first day of the rest of our life. Praise the Lord. I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that a majority of us here today are going to live to see the coming of Jesus Christ. Are we going to see the time of trouble? We're going to see the Sunday Law come in. We're going to see all the events take place that is predicted. I believe that. I believe the time is very short. What is the second thing that the blood does for us? It cleanses, doesn't it? You see, our blood what it does when it's functioning properly it cleans all the cell waste out of the out of the body all the foreign matter that is in the body it cleanses it all out takes it right out of the system <clears throat> in order to keep the blood pure what is the third thing that the blood does it protects It protects because you have a wonderful mechanism called the immune system. And that immune system goes throughout the body, the phagocytes, and finds all the foreign matters, destroys it, eats it, digests it, and eliminates it. What a wonderful mechanism. What a wonderful body God has made us. You see, the body has a a built-in mechanism for survival. It also has a built-in mechanism for healing. Now let me tell you, we need doctors. We need nurses. We need the medical profession. But let me tell you, friends, it's the body that does the healing, and it's God that makes the body to do the healing. When a person breaks the bone and they put it together, it's not the doctors that heal the bone. It's the body that heals the bone. It's the miracle of God that does the healing. And when we keep that body in good shape, it heals faster. And do you know that when vegetarians, total vegetarians, and we've heard this many times, when they do succumb to death, their pain is much more simpler and very little. Just like Moses, remember? So it's vitally important, isn't it? That we keep that body in excellent shape. So now we know how that we can cleanse the flesh. How do we cleanse the spirit and the flesh at the same time? I'd like for you to turn with me, if you would, to uh, John, John six. <clears throat> Excuse me, John six. <clears throat> Verse 53, I thought this was quite interesting. Verse 53 of John 6 says this, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man eat, eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink the blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood has eternal life and I will raise him when? In the last days. For my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. Now there's a different diet here isn't there? And when some of the disciples heard this, they shook their head and they said, this is a hard saying. I can't can't believe this. And they turned and they walked away from Jesus, never to follow him anymore. But you see, they didn't hear the rest of the story. For John 1.14 says, And the Word was made flesh. The Word was made flesh. And by eating the Word, we're eating the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And friends, when we do that, we're getting a super blood transfusion. When we do our part in trying to keep a pure blood and a good circulation, and then we apply the Word of God, miraculous things happen. We don't have normal blood. We are a peculiar people, friends. Disease and sickness does not show up in God's people like it does the world. And we find that we are healthier, more wholesome type people. Why? Because God has a prescription for us. They ate natural laws. If you don't believe they work, try doing without one of them. Try doing without nutrition. Try doing without water. Our sun. Do you know what happens when, the, when you, uh, the sun stops shining on the plant? It turns white, doesn't it? And do you know why it turns green? Because the sun is shining on it. Do you know what that green is? It's chlorophyll. Do you know chlorophyll is the closest thing to blood chemistry there is? It's the closest thing to blood chemistry. Do you know that greens are loaded with calcium? Where does the poor cow get it? You see, the cow gets it firsthand, and many of us get it secondhand. When all we have to do is eat more greens, and we not only get calcium, but we have stronger blood because it's good for the blood. And uh, we're going to share a little more about that with you tomorrow, on um, the, in my wife's testimony. But when we've had this super transfusion of God's word, his blood, in us, let's take a second look at it. It has a feeding power. It feeds every fiber of our body, every fiber of our being. It feeds us the word of God. It enlightens the mind. It clears the mind. And the blood that we have been working on with our diet, you mix the two together and, friends, you have a super blood. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Can you see the advance that we have over the world? Now, with the blood of Jesus flowing through us, it has also a cleansing power. This is what I like. Because I look back and see that I was a sinful wretch. The blood of Christ has cleansed me, friends, from all those sins and cast them into the deepest sea. He has done that for you too, hasn't he? And so it's a cleansing power when we have the blood of Jesus in us. Can we see how the two work together? The blood of Jesus has a protective element to it as well. It protects us from diseases. And friends, in the last days, it's going to protect us from the seven last plagues. We can do all we want to do to have pure blood and good circulation, but if we do not have that transfusion of Christ's blood, friends, it won't make a bit of difference. We'll fall. So by having the transfusion of Christ's blood, we can see that we uh, have that super blood that's going to carry us through to the end. Now, when the Israelites were in Egypt and they were planning on making the exodus, they had to go through some requirements first and uh, I'd like for you to turn with me if you would and um, <clears throat> Exodus 12 <clears throat> Excuse me Exodus 12 <clears throat> And verse 7. <clears throat> Excuse me. And they shall take the blood and strike it, <clears throat> strike it on two sides of the post and on the upper doorpost of the house wherein they shall eat. They shall eat it. And they're talking about a lamb. They were t- to get the unspotted lamb to slay it. Take the blood and put it on the doorpost. They were to clean the lamb properly and and the way they were supposed to do and then they were supposed to eat the lamb. Now, friends, you see, by eating the Word of God and drinking His blood, we're putting that blood on the doorpost. Where is the doorpost? It's up the upper part of the door, isn't it? You have the two parts and you have the cross, member, And they struck blood across that doorpost. Friends, that's what we need to do. We need to have the blood of Jesus Christ across the doorpost of our minds. And they ate that lamb. Let's find out what else they did. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast it with fire and with unleavened bread, and with bitters and herbs. They shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water, but roast with the fire his head and with his legs and with the uh, pertinence thereof. And ye shall, not, you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it in the morning, ye shall burn it with fire. But now get the rest of the, what they had done here. And thus ye shall eat it, with your larns girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat of it in haste, It is the Lord's Passover. But did you notice, as they were eating that lamb throughout the night, they were girded with their clothes on, weren't they? They were prepared at any moment to leave out of Egypt. To head toward the promised land. What does Egypt represent? Represents the world, doesn't it? Friends, we need to be girded today. We need to be ready to leave on a moment's notice because many people are going to be caught unaware. See, Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night. And we'll be seeing all these things happen. And all of a sudden, overnight, it's going to happen. You see, back in 1929 when they had the fall, I don't know if probably a few of you people remember it or some of you folks probably Um, have heard of it. Everything was going along normal throughout the week. And Friday night, many people were planning for weekend trips and going here and doing this, and some people checked money out of the bank. On Monday morning, friends, most of the banks were closed. None of the banks were open. most all of the banks were closed and and hardly none of them were open. And I think before, within the next few days, all of them closed. They re-evaluated the money and people just didn't get their money back. They call that the fall of 29. And uh, many people committed suicide because they couldn't comprehend living life without the money that they once had. And... um, We've seen suicide on top of suicide. Well, friends, I want to tell you this. That's going to be a picnic. That's going to be a picnic on, in comparison to what is coming upon the world. We need to ask ourselves, Am I ready? Am I ready? Spirit of prophecy says, Get ready, get ready, get ready. And friends, we've been saying it a long time and the ears of some people may be getting a little deaf. But friends, don't let it happen. Keep that spirit. Keep that first love. Be prepared to meet what's coming. The Bible says it and we can see it as true. Let me just take you one more step. For it will pass through the land... For for I will pass through the land, <clears throat> through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be a uh, to you for a token upon the house where ye are. See, that blood is a token on the house where you are. Where's the house? It's our body, isn't it? And that blood's going to be a token. If the Word of God is implanted in your heart and your mind, friends, He'll see it upon your forehead. He'll know. He knows His own. They hear His voice and they follow Him, and He knows His own in the house where ye are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you, when I smite the land of Egypt. Friends, I don't know about you, but I want to eat the Lamb of God. I want the blood of His blood over the doorpost of my mind. How about you? So when those plagues fall, we know that they're going to pass over. Now, I was a little hesitant in sharing some of these things with you, but I think I would like to just share just one little thing here with you. I'm not a time setter, believe me, but the Lord says we will not know the day and the hour, but we will know the season like when the leaves come upon the fig tree. Do you know it's about spring, don't you? As I was checking through the scriptures, we found that God in the very beginning said for man to rest the seventh day. And later on in ancient Israel, he told them to let the land rest when? Seventh year. Seventh year. And now we see in Revelation 20 there's a thousand year that the earth is going to be resting too, isn't it? Because you see, there'll be no activity. It'll be resting. Nothing. Satan will not have anything to do. He can't tempt anyone. He's chained. Friend, I believe that time is close. I believe it's very close. And uh, I just want to encourage you to eat the Lamb of God and to drink his blood so you can have that word hidden in us. Because he says, if I hide the word of God in my heart, then I will not what? Sin against thee. What a wonderful promise. I would like to read something as closing because it's the closing of the Sabbath is coming on. And uh, I'd like to just shift our attention to Luke 5. This is a story that many of us have Read, I'm sure, many times, not only in Luke, but also in some of the other chapters. As Jesus was walking down to the Sea of Galilee, the people swarmed around him. And when he got down to the shore, in fact, they were nudging him almost into the, to the sea. And finally, he got up on, he's seen three fishing boats there, a couple of fishing boats, and he got up on the bow of one of them, and he said for them to push it, put, told Simon Peter to push the boat out just a little ways. And he sat on the bow, and it says he taught. He taught the people. But when he was done... He told Simon Peter, he says, Now, Simon, I want you to push this vessel out into the deep, and I want you to cast out your net. Well, the answer of Simon Peter was, large. we fished all night and wasn't able to catch one thing. But, you know, I like the rest of the answer that he gave when he says, But nevertheless... Nevertheless, you see, what doesn't seem right to us, in God's eyes, he knows better, doesn't he? And when we he says for us to do something, even though we can't see the logic or don't understand, but Lord, nevertheless, nevertheless, since you said it, I will do it. And Peter, when they got out into the deep, they cast out the nets. <clears throat> And multitudes of fish filled that net. In fact, there were so many fish, it almost made both ships sink. Simon Peter and his mates realized this was no ordinary person. And Peter fell at his knees and said, Lord, I'm a sinful man, depart from me. And friends, even though we have a feeling of unworthiness, even though we feel that we don't have the capability or even are worthy to serve God in any respect, nevertheless, he needs you and wants you to get into his service. He wants to use you. Because even though Simon Peter said that, he said, Fear not, henceforth I will make Ye, ye shall catch men, or ye shall be fishers of men. He didn't turn them down, did he? Nevertheless, even though they showed uh, some doubt, even though they felt unworthy, Jesus says, Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Friends, do you want to be fishers of men? Do you want to go out and seek precious souls for God's kingdom? You know what happens when we do that? We become stronger ourselves. Did you know that? The more we help others, the stronger we become spiritually. The more we share the message with others, the more we become intelligent in that particular message. Do you want to gain more knowledge? Do you want to become a stronger Christian? Friends, get involved even if you have to do it on your own with your own little ministry, do it. The things that we have shared this last day or so and the things that we're going to be sharing tomorrow, grab a hold of it and take it out and use it. And friends, if you take a step in that water, let me tell you, it will open. And it will grow. And you will grow. And more and more souls will be helped with that message. You see, one or two people are not going to finish this work. Everyone that is preparing to meet Jesus Christ is going to be involved. Do you believe that? Every one of us. No matter what scale it is, no matter whether it's worldwide, countrywide, statewide, citywide, neighborhood. We're going to be involved somehow, some way. And it says, when they brought the ship to land, they forsook all and followed Jesus. Friends, we need to make that our first priority. Now, I'm not saying quit your jobs and all that. But I'm saying that we need to make Christ our first priority. We need to prepare ourselves to help others in God's service. How about it? Do you all agree? That's what's going to get us through. So you see, we have a work to do right along with Jesus Christ. And my prayer is this, is that the words of God will burn deep in your heart and convict you to want to go out and serve Him with all your might and with all your life. Because you see, in terms, you're helping yourself as well as helping others. And you're also doing it to Jesus Christ, aren't we? It says, the least you do unto these my brethren, you do it also unto me. May God bless you as you go forward in seeking souls for his kingdom. And my prayer is that you folks will be here for the next day or two as much as you possibly can to pick up as much information as you can that we're going to be sharing with you tomorrow and Monday take notes get some of the books learn this message so you can take it out and share it with others now I think we're going to have a few songs and maybe a closing prayer for the Sabbath is that correct? Let, let's just have a word of prayer. Just us bow our heads and just have a word of prayer of closing this, this particular service. Let's kneel, shall we? I think that's a better idea. Gracious Heavenly Father, your words do burn within our hearts. We pray that you will set us on fire. We want to be prepared, Father, to meet the events that are coming upon the world, but we want to be prepared to receive the latter rain, the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we know that we must water that soil now with your word Lord I pray that here tonight that each and every one of these precious souls will not be left out of your kingdom that we will all be there together fellowshipping with one another sitting at your feet listening to you as you teach us the mysteries of godliness oh how we long for that day when there'll be no more sorrow, no more pain, no more death. Oh Lord, fortify us, fill us with your spirit. And Lord, we ask that you would open the doors to other precious souls, that we might have the opportunity to witness about your love, your mercy, and about your warnings. Lord, we realize that, as Simon Peter, we're unworthy. We realize that we are weak. But Lord, we ask that you would take all those things away from us. For in our weakness, you will be our strength. And Lord, we pray now that as the Sabbath ends, we want to praise your name and to thank you for such a lovely day a day that we may set apart and enter into your rest to meet with you, to study your word, to receive a new revival in our life, to receive new strength and peace, knowing that you're in total control of all events. I ask now, Lord, that for those that will not be spinning the evening, that you will grant them traveling mercies. Watch over them, protect them, draw them ever closer to you until we meet again, if not here on this earth, Lord, in your kingdom. For it's in Jesus' holy name we ask, amen. a song that maybe we can close with it's a song that has always been uh, very close to me my wife and I have sung it a few times it's in Psalms 51 verse 10 to 12 Psalms 51 verses 10 to 12 and let's use this as our closing song for the Sabbath shall we Psalms 51 Oh, wow. Uh, Is Klaus coming up? Oh, no. No, he's not. Okay, Psalms 51. <clears throat> Verse 10 and 12.
1: Create in me a clean heart, oh.
0: God bless you.